Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. A new report uh, just released um, by the University of Calgary School of Public Policy that says Canada needs to change its federal visa policy to speed up the admission of Ukrainian refugees, which has now slowed down to a trickle. Remember, this was such a focus for so long, and now uh, have we moved past it, or are we not doing what we need to do to make sure that we're offering the help that we said we would for these people? Let's find out. We're going to chat now with um, Robert Faulkner, who is a researcher in immigration and refugee policy at the University of Calgary and the author of this report. Robert, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Happy to be here, Shay. So it's it slowed down, but is that because demand has slowed down, or do we still have uh, far more people wanting to come here than we're actually being able to process? Uh, the, it's the latter. The uh, The number of applications still um, coming in, uh, while maybe slowing a tiny bit, is still growing day by day. Um, while the number of uh, visas being processed has, has started to slow in, in recent weeks and months. So we were doing a better job with this before? Correct, yes, especially towards um, April and May uh, when the, the Canadian Fast Track program was first launched. Uh, Canadian immigration officials were, were processing far more applications than they are now. Okay, in this report that I'm seeing here, you know, we're up to 190,000 Ukrainians with pending applications to come here. That's an increase of 50,000 in just a month. So like you say, the demand exists. What's, what, what's happened? Why, why has it slowed down so much? I'm not exactly sure. There's a couple different explanations. One is that uh, in our in our wider immigration system, including our economic immigration system, uh, we know that there are, there is plenty of, of applications that are very very backed up, and I suspect resources are being diverted between different categories to try to get those through the system. Uh, the other possibility is I think there there is perhaps less attention on this right now. Um, lest we forget, though, the, the war is still going on. It, there is not a, a firm conclusion yet, uh, and it will last for quite a while. So there, there are still quite a few Ukrainians who are looking for a place to find shelter. How intense is the visa process? I know it's different depending on where people are coming from. In some cases, Robert, as you know, you don't even need a visa to, to come. Um, how intense is this visa process, and could we possibly just do away with it? There's no way we can do away with it. Um, I mean, the, the, the visa process for Ukrainians is simpler than perhaps other countries. Uh, and yet, at the same time, there's still confusing portions of it. You know, yeah. for example, uh, there are parts where it asks you to submit a passport, but then other parts where it says a passport isn't necessary um, and that Canada will provide you travel documents. But but it still is an impediment as we see that, that there aren't enough uh, visas being given out. Um, certainly, one option we could do, is, as you said, is, is just drop that requirement. Is that done anywhere else? Is anybody else doing that? There, there. Are, I mean, that's the entire European Union. Okay. Uh, the, the example we use uh, specifically is, is Ireland and the UK. Um, you know, it's actually an interesting comparison that the UK has taken a much more Canada-like approach, still requiring visas for Ukrainians, albeit they're expediting them like us. Whereas Ireland decided they were just going to drop the visa requirement right at the beginning of the war, and as a result, very, very quickly, Ireland has received more Ukrainian refugees on. Uh, in, in absolute terms during the beginning of the war and certainly still holds about five times the number of, of Ukrainian refugees on a per capita basis. Wow, five times. Um, I, I guess the, the, the concern is security, right? Are, are we allowing security risks in the country? That's always what we're on guard for with this visa program? Yes, and that, that's the one that, um, that the, the government decided when you look at uh, 
comments given by, by Liberal MPs and, and parliamentary committees, their big concern is, is Russian terrorism entering through our through Ukrainian uh, Ukrainians entering the country. Now that said, there there isn't a whole lot of evidence to support this. When you Russian look at the empirical terror. evidence, yeah, exactly. Russian Russian agents infiltrating through the Ukrainian system to commit acts of terrorism here in Canada. The, the best evidence that we have says that this is, this is not really a credible theory. Um, that our law enforcement agents are pretty good at catching uh, these individuals, and that you know if you're gonna if you're a Russian agent entering Canada, there's far easier ways to do it, like through uh, you know our uh, Russian embassies within Canada and consulates, for example. And you don't have to go through the visa process to do a security check, right? You, there's other ways of handling that as well. There are too. I mean, if we were to do a visa on arrival approach where we, we process them here on site, there's no reason why we couldn't sort Ukrainian arrivals into low risk and high risk groups. And, you know, if there's a single mom with a couple of kids there, you know, maybe they're a Russian agent, but they're far less likely than, say, a single unaccompanied male entering Canada. Problem with this, though, Robert, I mean, the report sort of shines a light on what's going on, but it's an urgent situation, right? You got 200,000 people in a waiting list as it is right now. I mean, how can you fast track this? I mean, the simple one is that I think is just to allow them to arrive here. Yeah. And that, that, that may seem trite, um, but I would say that we've done something similar before. Uh, the best example we can think of is anybody who's been in Canada, uh, you know, anybody who grew, grew up during the 70s and 80s will probably remember at some point seeing or hearing of Vietnamese, Laotian, and Cambodian refugees arriving in Canada, yeah. where we made it very, very simple for them to get here. And we really, really involved the Canadian public, Canadian volunteers to really help them out beyond what the government was doing. So we have some experience. It can be done. It's just a matter of getting it done. Interesting report, Robert. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy to join you, Shay. Appreciate it. Robert Faulkner, who is with um, the University of Calgary and the School of Public Policy and a researcher in immigration and refugee policy.